Welcome to Soccer 101, the podcast where we scratch the soccer riches you never knew you had. Today, we're looking at one of the most common set pieces in soccer, which happens at least twice per game. And if your opponent does it during gameplay, usually a bad sign for your team. It's kickoff. <laughs> so what is kickoff? Why is it the way it is? How has it changed? And what is the best way to do it? My name is Ryan Bailey. Joining me to answer these questions and many more, we have Taylor Rockwell. Well, hey. Well, hey to you, Joe Lowry. Well, hey. <laughs> Man, well, hey. I didn't realize we were going all well, hey today. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware if this is a formal greeting, but here we are. <laughs> Nor was I, but Joe always says ahoy, and I couldn't steal that. But I needed to do something <laughs> other than like, hello, in a very serious and somber well, way. Hey. I mean, hello's been around for centuries, uh, Taylor. It's okay. You can still use it. I'm, I'm just going to keep it fresh every single time. Next time it's going to be like, oleo, or however you say hello backwards. I didn't do it there, but you get the point. Well, um, hello, Taylor, has been around for a long time, as has kickoffs. Yeah. Excellent seg there. But like hello and greetings in general, it has changed a surprising amount over the years. Um, so why don't we kick off this show? We're going to talk about kickoff, which is something which maybe we all take for granted. It's something that's fairly automatic in the game, but it does have an interesting history. But before we get to that history, Taylor Rockwell, can you lay out real quick what actually is a kickoff, when it's awarded, and... How does it work exactly? Uh, yes, when two soccer teams love each other very much, they come together, uh, and then they kick off and they start the game. Basically, the way it works, uh, you uh, will do your coin toss, you'll decide who's going to kick off, who's going to take which side, uh, the team can defer if they don't want to kick off right away, uh, but then you're going to have everybody on their respective sides, uh, official will blow the whistle, uh, the ball has to be fully stationary, and once it is touched, then play has begun uh then you can kind of the ball is live from there and then there are various approaches to kick off from that point on okay wonderful stuff now that is the way we play it now uh mm -hmm. that hasn't always been the case joe lowry can we dig a little into the history of the kickoff in relation to the laws of the game it was codified into the laws of the game as we all know in 1863 when those of things course. were drawn up yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody knows about the old laws of 1863. We'll dive into those. There's even some history of kickoffs, though, or maybe not kickoffs, but rather starting game procedure, right? How, how games were actually started in the past before 1863, in the 1840s and things like that. There was the old, I'm going to chuck the ball up in the air as high as I can. That's probably not what happened. But they would throw the ball up in the air, and then the game would start once the ball had, ref the had left the neutral official's hands, and then you play from there. So there's some similarities to rugby in that way, and there's obviously tie-in between rugby and soccer as sports, and their histories are intertwined. That was one method. Apparently there was a game in 1841, 1842 on Christmas where the ball was placed down on the field. And I almost imagine this, like, I don't know if you guys played dodgeball a lot growing up, but the ball was placed in a, in a set spot and it was a race between people to get to the ball and, and get the first kick of the game. And that was oh, yeah. sort of how things started. So I'm imagining all the balls lined up in the middle of the gym and both teams starting on the opposite walls and sprinting towards the middle and then chucking stuff at each other. I think that kind of is what soccer was for a while in the 19th century. So I think there are some similarities there. Eventually, though, you get into 1863, you get into the laws, and there were even some examples of more standard place kick kickoffs that we would think of today. 
There were some of those happening before 1863, but it was codified in those laws in 1863. With This is the, the quote from those laws. The game shall be commenced by a place kick from the center of the ground by the side losing the toss. So there's a coin toss before the game. You lose the toss. Your team is going to be the one to kick off. And that it didn't look exactly like we think of it looking today. But at least you have the ball now being placed in the middle of the field, and then changes can happen from there. I won't dive into all the changes. I'll I'll leave some of that for you guys. But one interesting thing I thought from that 1863 set of rules is back in that time, in the mid-19th centuries, players could be wherever they wanted at kickoff. They could stand in the opposition half. They could stand wherever as long as they were at least 10 yards away from the ball. So that was 1863. Again, they could stand in, in a number of different spots that had to give the ball a wide berth. But that actually has changed and, and has changed largely today. We see something very different. But that was one of the, the interesting notes that I found from what kickoffs used to be like. Yeah, there's some, there's some wild uh, rule changes I wasn't aware of, Joe, until digging into this uh, episode. As you mentioned, um, for the first 10 years after it was codified in 1863, players could be in the opponent's half if they wanted to at kickoff. That's quite wild. Um, at the start of the second half, it wasn't awarded to, to uh, a, a kickoff wasn't awarded necessarily at the start of the second half. There's There's been loads of kind of crazy changes uh joe uh, uh sorry uh taylor um mm. including about the ball being kicked backwards and that's a rule change we've seen probably most recent that's the most recent effect we've seen to kickoffs where you didn't have to do it up until 1882 i believe and then um they brought that rule back again relatively recently yeah, I, I kind of, prior to looking at this wonderful chart on Wikipedia, which Ryan introduced me to, I sort of thought it was more or less consistent. Yeah, you kick off, the game starts, and then around 2016, when IFAB changes the rules, that's when you no longer have to move the ball forward before it can yeah. go back. Prior to 2016, I remember, you had to have your, your two players in the middle together. One would sort of roll it forward, the other one would usually always pass it straight backwards, and then play begins. And so they make that change, and then it just becomes, you can have the one player who can, who can pass it forward, although that doesn't make sense, so that, since they're by themselves, or they can just go straight backwards with it, but there doesn't have to be another player involved, and it doesn't have to cross the halfway line. But it is wild to look at all of these changes, like from from the beginning that Joe sort of already laid out about like sort of where they were before there was kickoff to like just the various approaches in between. An attacking goal may be scored, yes, until what, 1874? Then from 1874 until 1903, no. Those were the down years. No goals <laughs> scored from kickoff from 1874 to 1903. And then, yeah, again, why not? Sure. A couple of different rules were like that own goal being allowed uh, the same thing. And then no again. Like, it's just weird how they kind of go back and forth. I'm like, no, th- this is a problem. I'm fascinated by why there was uh, own goal can be scored from kick from 1863 until 1874. Yes, it could. Then no. Then there's a one-year period when it's yes again, and then it goes back to no. What <laughs> glory days. in 1903? <laughs> That's what I want to know. What That's was the moment that occurred? That has to have been match-fixing. That's match-fixing, yeah, right? Taylor. 100%. 100%. That's got to be. That's got to be. Uh, it's, I think it's weird that you have to codify the fact that you're allowed to score an own goal from your own kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did, and then somebody did that and won... Probably like five pounds, which was the equivalent of like 5,000 pounds then. Sure. Oh, immediately yeah. ruled it out. Joe, the other thing that I wanted to mention uh, in your sort of summary of events, uh, do you remember the XFL? I'm assuming that was uh, pre you yeah, being alive. I, I okay. know. I know of it. Yes, I know of it. <laughs> do you know how they did the coin flip? No. What happened? So knowing what we know now about concussions, get ready to oh, be boy. physically uncomfortable. They would put the ball at midfield, and I think players were maybe 20 yards 
uh, on either side, and the whistle would go, they would sprint oh, full speed, no. and whoever got the ball first won, which meant you had two players diving head-on, headfirst into each other, and I believe the very first one, it might have been the very first one, uh, a player separated his shoulder and was out for oh. the entire season. So yeah, I'm glad we've moved away from things like that. Coin toss, and then a gentle kickoff, and away we go. Probably the better scenario. Well, you Yikes. mentioned that, Taylor. You mentioned that, but let, so the, the current rules, basic summary is a kickoff at the start of each half, a kickoff after a goal is scored. Uh, mm. The ball can be played backwards. So you don't need two people. The ball doesn't need to go forward. Is there a better way to restart? I'm not suggesting players charge at one another, but I do kind of like the idea of the dodgeball thing from back in the day. I would love to see that. But if it was going to be serious about something that could actually be imposed, should we want to mess around? Should we want to Arsene Wenger around with the rules a little bit? Oh, well, I got I would, one for you. Uh, I've got, I've, I'm going to lay down some, oh, good. Please, something please, for go. you, Taylor, and see if you like what I'm going to say here. So I'm going to say, when you concede a goal, just have a goal kick, which is what okay. you would... I think if you play scrimmage or if you play um, uh, rec league, quite often that happens. Maybe not all the time, but certainly when I played, that happens. And then, for starting each half, a drop ball. So I would equate that to throwing the ball up in the air that Joe mentioned earlier. You could equate it to a basketball tip-off. Or even a foosball table where the ball drops from the sky. Maybe if we could, in the Premier League, we'd have the ball drop from a hot air balloon or something, or one of those blimps. Um, but I think a drop <laughs> ball to start off, and the action gets going straight away like that. I really like the idea of that. And yes, it sounds a bit more dangerous, Taylor, but uh, if I was king, that's what I'd do. I'm less inclined to go with the goal kick idea because I think it punishes the team that's just con- uh, conceded to then have to build up from their own goal. But Ryan, where I'm where I'm with you is the drop ball, and I want to go the full route of uh, the Nike cage advert. I want it yeah. to always be Eric Cantona suspended above midfield, and he drops the ball through a little opening, and then players have to fight <laughs> for it. Uh, that's the scenario I want for the restart. I'm also into the idea that uh, if you concede a goal you don't have to wait for the official to kind of let things cool down, let things reset, everybody gets to their part of the field, and then the whistle goes and we have another kickoff. I like the the opposition team, if they want to, can sprint that ball back out to midfield, put it down, kick it, and away we go. And if maybe, maybe just maybe, you can catch your opponent still celebrating, and now you've got a 10v1 situation where you could maybe score and equalize right away. That that should lead to some uh, really fun, insane chaos that probably just leads to red cards and violence. Indeed. We're just making this game more fun every word we say, Taylor. Joe, have you got any uh, more to add to this? Do you agree with how we're changing the game here? Yeah, I'm down to keep Eric Cantona on a cage and have him drop stuff from from really high up. (laughs) I'm totally into that. I like the idea of not waiting and just restarting. That's the most frustrating thing as a team that's trying to come back into a game when you're just desperate for the ball back, but you can't restart play. Just, Just let him play. Let him have fun and actually try to mount this comeback. I think that would be great. My other thought was... You know that little car that we saw? I think it was at the Euros in in 2021. (laughs) Um, Let's get the little car back and have players just go and and retrieve the ball from the car or have the car drive it to a random place on the field, somehow drop it off and then scurry off the field just so it doesn't get hurt because we must protect the car at all costs. Um, That's another change. I don't know exactly how we integrate the car into this whole thing, but the little mini VW car is is going to be involved somehow in my perfect world. I, I love the involvement of the car, Joe, but I can't bear the thought of it being kicked. I know, I know, and it, we need to be careful about that. Maybe it's an auto red card if you touch the car. I don't know yeah. how we're going to police that, but it does I think need to be policed. It's a mobile situation. The ball, like the vehicle itself, is encased in bulletproof glass, and then the yep. ball sits on top. So Good. even if the car does get knocked over, uh, play play resumes, and then somebody writes the car. It drives off. We're good to go. All I right. like it. 
So listen, we are keeping this conversation sensible. When we come yep. back mm-hmm. after this break, we're going to talk about the best strategies for kickoff, ones that are actually used in the modern game. What is the best way to do it? And what do the modern teams tend to do? More on that after this quick break. Soccer 101, welcome back. We are talking about the art of the kickoff. Um, there's been plenty of ways, and there are plenty of ways to kick off, Joe. Um, some of the highlights I like, and I'm going to reference Rec League once again, is just shooting straight from kickoff oh, uh, when you've conceded a goal. When your team in Rec League is 4-0 down and you're all frustrated and you know you can't get past the other team, you just have a shot and it goes either 20 yards or 60 yards over the bar. Those are the two options for that kind of thing. But there have been some curious ways to kick off in the past. Uh, one I think of is uh, my team, Wimbledon, who I, whom I always refer to because that's my frame of reference. There was a period in the 90s at kickoff where it would be ball, um, played forward by one player back to someone on the edge of the, semi, uh, of the center circle who would hoof it into the far corner uh, near the corner flag to get a throw on. Now, the, I, the, the, the explanation that the team would give is that you're pushing the territory right back to the opposition goal, and technically they're a man down when they take a throw on. So there's logic there. But um, if you look at it from the, the perspective of hindsight, there are betting markets on when the burst, first ball goes out of play. <laughs> and uh, the TSS fire truck of lawyers is not on hand right now, so that's where I'll leave it. But uh, Joe, wow. um, some of the strategies that people use or teams use for kickoffs. I'm actually all about that hoof it long and, and kind of play the field position game idea. Uh, staying clear of the match-fixing scandal, making money off of games, and maybe we, we shouldn't be doing that. Setting that aside from, from a player's perspective and from a coach's perspective, I think there's a lot of value in that. I, I kind of think of this as two different paths for kickoffs. And I, I guess three if you want to throw in the shot. But even the shot could kind of fall into one of these paths. There's a really good article on Total Football Analysis by Max Bergman, who, who dives into these. And I, I, he just gave some more detail and some good examples of them as well. The first path that I think of is controlling possession, which is kind of the opposite of what you just said, Ryan, right? So it's the most common one. If you're turning on a soccer game at kickoff, it, just as the game's about to start or the start of the second half or whatever, this is 99% of the time what you're going to see. It starts with a back pass, the team that's in possession and circulates the ball a little bit. They're just getting right into the possession groove. They're trying to break down a block. They're trying to draw defenders forward so they can pass around them and then get towards goal in a, in a slower and more controlled way. So that's the possession approach. The second approach is just attack right away. And that can mean a couple different things. So there's almost like two different sub-methods that I would think of involved here. So one could be attacking by keeping the ball, which is, you don't see this a ton, but this idea of quick combination right after kickoff. So the ball can go, once it's tapped and in play, you maybe have four or five players or, or even more lined up ready to run into the attacking half. And you're almost trying to manufacture a counterattack. Now, it's, it's a lot harder than that because... It's not really a counterattack because another, the other team never attacked in the first place. So you're just trying to jumpstart your attack at that point and combine and break through the lines and, and move into the box and score. That's really hard to do. But the other method here, which is kind of the one you described, Ryan, with Wimbledon, is playing a long ball. Soccer, in a lot of different ways, is about field position. That's why we see teams like Red Bull and other teams that are really into the high press and direct play. That's why we see that so much. You know, it's hard to sustain that over years and years and years, and we're seeing that right now with RB Leipzig and how they've almost completely abandoned that initial philosophy. But there's a reason why we see teams do that stuff of hoof it long, either out of bounds, or, or you can even do this without hitting it out of bounds. 
you can just hit a long ball and then go and get immediately into your press and try to win the ball back and attack from the final third where you're a lot closer to goal and you're trying to scramble and have the other team scramble and, and you can react quicker because you know what's coming. So those are kind of the two different main categories of controlling possession or attacking right away. I think the attacking right away method is way more fun. It's more interesting and it creates some intrigue right from the start. And I think even it could be the more valuable and efficient way to attack as well. Uh, so I think those are the two main ways that we see teams attack with the vast majority falling into that simple back pass. Let's control possession and kick it around for a while category. Joe, uh, uh, that is a great summary of of the different approaches to it. I have one more. But first, I want to talk a little bit more about the the kick backwards, then rush forward, then kick long sort of approach. Because that is one that I think of as being a staple of, of the women's game. I think the U.S. women do it pretty much every game. And it's been maybe not every single kickoff at the women's heroes, but it's close to it that there is that sort of drop the ball back, everybody rushes, you play the ball into the opposition half. And I thought that was sort of, as I said, a feature of the women's game specifically. And then in researching this episode, to your point, the very first team I spotted that scored a goal by dropping it back, hoofing it long, flicking it on, somebody gets on the end of it, and then uh, I think lays it off for a goal, is RB Leipzig. I think that was, they very much treated kickoff as a set piece where you can sort of control the game and make things happen. And then somebody on Reddit pointed out, it's what Liverpool do every single kickoff, which I completely missed. I went back and watched Liverpool's last five games. Yep. Every single time they go back to the center back who either hits it first time or takes a touch and then hits it. But now they have numbers in the opposition half and either they would win the ball and establish possession or more often a defender would head it clear. Somebody from Liverpool's midfield would pick the ball up, center back step up to midfield. And now you basically have the exact attacking shape you want. If you're Liverpool, you've got your center backs high. You've got that high back line. You've got numbers committed to the attack. You've got numbers further forward. And you're basically where you want to be within five seconds of kickoff. You could argue maybe you could do that with a quick series of possession, but I think you're not going to force the opponent backwards uh, using the kind of possession route that you would with that long ball into the opposition half. So I've, I've sort of come around to the idea that it's a really smart way to attack and put the opponent on the back foot. Uh, my only other like wrinkle that I think is really interesting when it comes to kickoff, and the one that came to mind was Juan Carlos Osorio when he was managing Mexico, I believe it was, at the Copa America Centenario. Uh, they did a thing where they dropped it back uh, Mexico. They were in a very clear 4-3-3 shape. Like they, they all sort of stood in 4-3-3 lines uh, for kickoff. The center forward uh, took the kick. He dropped it back. Uh, the holding midfielder received it. He then is flanked by the two center backs. He lumped it long. And from that point on, Mexico played in a back three. And uh, it was one of the few moments I remember watching this game with Daryl. And we realized maybe 10 minutes in, oh, they've shifted formation. They're in like a 3-4-2-1 when they started in a 4-3-3. When did that happen? And we kept going backwards and backwards and backwards waiting and waiting and waiting and eventually we realized like oh no they came out as a 4-3-3 and then immediately shifted and so I guess teams can use it as a way to disguise what they're doing in that opening moment and then suddenly if the opponent thinks like oh okay so it's a back four we got this we know what they're going to do and then suddenly it's a different shape you can add those sort of wrinkles but that's less to do with what you're actually doing at kickoff and more so what you're doing around kickoff. I'm going to equate um, the attacking kickoff, Taylor, mm. with a tennis analogy, serve and volley. Um, serve and volley was sort of a style of tennis which you used to see a lot, like Pete Sampras would do it. You serve and then you rush to the net and the idea is you sort of slam and volley. It's a very attacking method of tennis. It's something you used to see a lot, but you see very little now. 
So can we equate that to soccer kickoffs in that we see far fewer uh, attacking kickoffs and we see a bit more of a conservative con- uh, possession style? Yeah, I think so. I think Joe's correct that if you have a team that is very focused on that high press, high intensity style, or more, maybe more so would be the idea of you can attack, like the best way to attack is without the ball and you make your opponent have it deep. I think those teams still rely heavily on that. But those teams aside, if you are sort of looking to be possession dominant or create opportunities through certain set patterns of play, yeah, I think you're definitely going to be relying more so on the kick it back and establish possession slowly. Does that uh, align with your findings, Joe? If I'm going to look at a modern big six team, say it's it's all about just maintaining the ball, right? A lot of it is. I mean, Taylor did mention Liverpool earlier, and I think there are there are other teams that lean into this kind of, of thing of playing long and playing more direct. But you do sort of see after a while, even Liverpool fall into this category in a more general sense. Even even Jurgen Klopp, who is really renowned for the Gagan press, and he's all about pressing and direct, and, and the press is a better playmaker than any number 10 can ever be, right? That's a paraphrase of a Klopp quote, a real one. He's he's leaned in, and his team looks much more like a Pep Guardiola team now, I think, than it, than it ever has in the past. So the, even those teams eventually, it seems to me, do really fall into the, we're just going to control the ball and possess because that's that's what players like to do. It's not every time, but I do think we'll see far more controlled possession kickoffs than any other kind for pretty much ever, barring a rule change. All right, gents, to finish off this podcast, I've got a two-part question for both of you. Uh, first part of the question, what is the best way to kick off in the modern game? Uh, what is the best tactic to use? And the second part of the question, what is the best kind of kickoff? Should we stick with what we have now or should we bring back something or invent something that we spoke about in the first half of this episode? I'm going to say that um, the way the modern game is played, it's probably, as we were saying, that possession style and being a bit more conservative with things. But I'd bring in a drop ball if it were me. I think that'd be a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe, Eric what do you say? Drop ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've already we've already covered that for sure. I think we're yeah. all on the drop ball page. As maybe maybe Cantona drops it to the car, who catches it in its back seat, <laughs> yes. and then the player takes it with its hands out of the car, and you have sixty seconds to run around and play rugby. And then as soon as the 60 seconds expire, then you have to drop the ball and go back to soccer. Otherwise, it's a penalty. Anyway, Genius. I think we're really onto something here, guys. I, I really think this could be something. As far as the best way to kick off, I, I do lean towards the attack right away, hit a long ball forward and try to gain field position, kind of American football style, and almost run a, a set piece. You get so few opportunities relative to open play. You get so few opportunities to script something into into really like actually draw something up and have everyone on the same page knowing what's going to happen. I would try to take advantage of every single one of those opportunities that I that I get in a game, and kickoff is one of those chances. So I would lean towards playing more direct. Um, and yeah, if we could get the little car involved somewhere, I think that's really the way to go. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that what my answer is going to be because I, I think short of being a like tiki taka team where you have that possession ability, I've never played in a team like that. And when I've played at a team that does sort of drop the ball back, you establish possession. I realize now that I tend to find myself sort of being like, all right, what are we going to do? How are we going to figure this out? Like, I'm very, it can be tough to get into gear when you start with possession because you drop it to your center backs. Everybody kind of finds their spacing. Once everybody's set, then it's sort of like, oh, no, now I've got to make a run. Now I've got to show. And to some extent, I think just hoofing it long, forcing the opposition to have to drop back and defend and then allowing yourself to kind of do the 
the pressing game to put them under pressure, it lets you sort of take control of the game without having to build up and keep the ball and worry about like coughing it up cheaply and now you've lost momentum. I really am coming around to the idea of, yeah, like go long and, and make the opposition uncomfortable and see what happens. Uh, and yeah, and then I'm obviously down for dropping it from Eric Cantona down to the car. Anything that can make this more of a Rube, uh, Rube Goldberg device, that's what I think we need. Something incredibly convoluted that ultimately ends in just a regular kickoff. I think we can make that happen. Yeah, we're, we're slowly turning the game into an OK Go music video, Taylor. <laughs> I get that reference. There we go. Well done. <laughs> I, I do too. I, I do as well. I also Yay. get it. Wonderful stuff. All right. I think that just about concludes our That's chat. what a lie sounds like. <laughs> oh, Joe, you've got some YouTubing ahead of you, son. Oh. Well done. You've got, you've got a lot of fun ahead of you. Uh, and listener, thank you very much for joining us on this fun, intrepid journey, learning all about kickoffs. Joe Lowry, thank you so much. And uh, get yourself on YouTube. OK Go is the name of the band. M- Mahoy? Maday? What do we say, Taylor? What did you start this whole thing with? It's Wahey to say hello, and then it's Wahey hey when you have to say goodbye. Well, hey, hey. There we go. Goodbye. <laughs> Just like that. You nailed wow. it, Joe. Good job. Uh, Taylor, well, hey, hey. Salutations and goodbye. <laughs> Listener, we Curse beat you with you. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.